so I want to talk about uh, how to train and discipline children. Now, you may not have any children. Maybe you're past the childbearing years. But if you have children and grandchildren, you ought to hear this, right? Uh, and then this is for anybody. So I'm, I've got so much to say. I'll probably have to come back in January and, and kind of talk about it from another angle maybe. But, uh, but this is a really a big challenge. The Antichrist is a lawless person. And the lawlessness will be to the effect that uh, there are no moral absolutes. Anything goes. Do what you want to do. Believe what you want to believe. And that's the mindset that the world is, has already in, and it's just going to get worse. So if you're a believer, you believe in Jesus, and you have the Judeo-Christian ethic of the Ten Commandments, you're an oddity to the Antichrist culture. How many understand that? So, um, so, so anyway, I want to talk about, Susan and I, what I'm going to talk about tonight, uh, Susan and I have four grown children, ages, I shouldn't say their ages, should I? Can I say their ages, Michael? <laughs> 39, 37, 35, and 31. So that makes us young, right? So, uh, But this is how we trained our children, and now we have nine grandchildren. So it's up to our children to train their children and do what they need to do. But these things aren't spoken of. And the odd thing to me, being the age that I am, is that uh, these were givens in earlier cultures in American history. The things that I'm going to share were givens. It's a given you do that. Now, now, if you even talk about some of this, you're wrong. That's what some people think. So I want to I cover this. The, there's a prevalent attitudes today versus the word is the first section here. We'll try to be done by eight-ish so we can go have our fun with our cookies, all right? Um, but I have this in my notes. And these notes actually, the, the, the base of these notes came from many years ago when I was doing research when Susan and I first had children. And we had our first child in 1984. I know that dates us, but that's true. So uh, most of a child's adult character is formed by age nine. And the next sentence I have in these notes is the seeds of values and choices that people have in their 30s and 40s are planted the first nine years of life. That's astounding, isn't it? So um, Susan and I, when we had four children, and Susan didn't want to use medication, yada, yada, so we had this Bradley husband coach childbirth. It was the Bradley method of childbirth. So you didn't do the, the breathing. <sighs> no, you just, uh, you just learned to endure the pain. So I'm the pain inflictor in the classes. So I have to give, shoot her some pain. And then she had to uh, turn to tables and shoot me some pain by pinching my Achilles tendon. Or I had to pinch her right here as hard as I could for 45 seconds and let her smile through it. You know? So it was, uh, I didn't like that, but that's what they had us do. Anyway, they had a book they give out called Husband Coach Childbirth. It's the Bradley method of childbirthing. And I just had, wrote this thing down, and this shows this one paragraph I'm going to read. It shows the ideology, and there's a slant to it I need to mention, but the ideology of the age. And I listen to this. This is from page 173, Husband Coach Childbirth. So if this is your first baby, it said, remember the old saying, babies grow up in spite of parents, not due to them. Your only, listen, listen, your only real responsibility is to love them and leave them. Hmm. Uh, let them be little individuals. Don't try to force your preconceived notions of what you think they ought to do or be upon them as they grow. Let them be, them, let them be themselves and take joy in the privilege of being with them for a while instead of, in, 
in the steadily increasing lifespan of both of you, the period during which children are dependent upon you is proportionately really short. Uh, They acquire independence surprisingly early. They need guidance, chaperoning. And of course, but don't try to make a round peg fit into a square hole. Let them be who they are, what they are, not what you think they ought to be. So there's a, there's a, so, so part of that is anything goes. But the other part of that is you got to be careful as a parent that you don't try to make your child a clone of you with respect to your personalities, the things you like and dislike. Susan and I had four children. All of their personalities were completely different. And when we first started out, I tried to make them all like me, and I was going to fail miserably until God dealt with me about my perfectionism. You hear me? And, and you know, it was, it was terrible. So uh, somehow, by the grace of God, that got moved out of my life. I'm not perfect in it. Sometimes I still have my perfectionistic ways. So, uh, but uh, God did deal with me about that. So there is a slant on that that, you know, some parents try to make their children clones of them with respect to what they like, what they do in life, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm talking about is the values you impart. How many know you always impart your values to your children? They may do life differently because they have a different personality, yada, yada, but you impart values to them. So that's in contrast to what the Bible says. Let's read a few scripture here. And listen to what the Bible says about child training. Susan and I often, uh, when we disciplined our children, I would actually read uh, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Here's the Amplified. I didn't read Amplified. I just read like New King James or something. But here it is, this Amplified. Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives. For this is just and right. Honor, esteem, value as precious your father and mother. This is the first, first commandment with a promise uh, that all may be well with you and that you may live a long time on the earth. Fathers, don't irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment. Now, that's, a, that's an important statement, isn't it? And then he says, but rear them tenderly. And I love this. This is two things that are necessary in child training. Uh, rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and counsel and admonition. Training and disciplines for outward behavior but counsel and admonition, it goes into the heart. So I'll just, yes, I can make this statement. Now, when Susan and I raised children, our goal was, um, how can I say? Uh, the goal that I had in my heart was uh, I wanted to raise, now listen to what I'm saying. I wanted to raise good citizens who were conscience-driven. That makes sense? So, so what, and I tell my children as they got older and the counsel and admonition came in, I'd say, you know, one day I won't be here to correct you and tell you what's right and wrong. Uh, uh, one day you'll be on your own and the circumstances of life are harsh and they're mean and sometimes they're vile and they teach some really awful lessons. I don't want you to have to learn that. If you'll listen to me, you can avoid some of that because the, the discipline that life brings is harsh and it's not loving, but I am. That makes sense. So, uh, anyway, so um, so when children are young, you have the most authority in their life. So, if you, I've got a little graph, maybe I'll come and teach this again sometime in January. But you know, if you put it on a graph, you got you got like here's the child. Uh, the child has has uh, oh here's you, and you have all authority over the child. And, and this is age zero, right? And then as the child grows, your all authority begins to less and less. They learn how to, you know, um, go to the bathroom, eat, clothe, bathe, do things, straighten up the room, uh, you know, various responsibilities. And then somewhere, you know, 13, 14, you know, then, then, then so here, their, their responsibility 
And so uh, there's, this is you. Here's the child. They have, they have no responsibility. And then, and then as they age, they gain responsibility, right? Right? And, and at some point, those two points on the graph merge. And, and then you have less responsibility and they have more, 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 more until they leave your home. So the goal is to always appeal to the conscience of a child. And that's why just outward discipline is not enough. You got to have more. So let's talk about it. Y'all good? Everybody's looking at me like, what you going to say? Well, listen. So my notes are online and you can access them. I encourage that. And, and anyway, so here we are. Listen, just listen for a little bit. Got to watch the clock too. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. The rod and rebuke give wisdom. But a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. Uh, Genesis 18, 19, speaking of Abraham. For I know him, God said, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that he may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he's spoken to him. Listen to, this is familiar, uh, Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, God said to the Israelites, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life and teach them to your children and grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, uh, when the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words and they, that they may learn to fear me all the days of their lives on earth. And that they may teach their children. See, the emphasis is, is, is passing on to the next generation, what the previous generation knows. And then uh, the Decalogue here, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate so the idea is children watch what their parents do and and the children embed the lifestyle and the values of the parents they absorb who the parent is so parenting is not telling your child what to do parenting is is showing them by example how to live so they don't do what you say they do what you do Right? So, so he repeats it again, Deuteronomy 11, uh, 18 through 21. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them on your hands. And they had boxes called phylacteries, or they literally put a little portion of the scripture in it. And, the, you know, God was wanting them to put it in their heart. Tie them on your hand. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Hasidic Jews, don't they have the little boxes on their forehead now? Uh, talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Um, Deuteronomy 31, here it is again, 12 and 13. Call them all together, men, women, children, and the foreigners living in your town so they may hear this book of instruction and learn to fear the Lord your God. Carefully obey all the terms of these instructions. Do this so that your children who have not known these instructions will hear them and will learn to fear the Lord your God. Do this as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. And then Psalm 34, 11, come you children, listen. 
listen to me and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs, you've heard this plenty. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way she go when he's old, he won't depart from it. So uh, there's another book by a guy named Gordon McDonald. He had one book, uh, I think copyright 83 or 84, I read when I was in my mid-20s called Ordering Your Private World. And that, that book really changed my life and is the foundation for how I retrieve information and walk with God and stuff. He had so many insightful things, but he had another book he wrote about, I was scared to be a father. Um, I really was my mother in May of, um, May of 1983. I'll never, I have all these dates in my head. My mother said, uh, Susan, I'd been married at the time, I think four years. And, and she said, Mitch, when y'all gonna have babies? I said, well, I don't know. And Susan said, I don't know. And, uh, and I was afraid, the truth is, I was afraid, I didn't know how to be a father, and I didn't know if I could be a good father. And she said, Jeff, you're ever going to have him, you need to go ahead. So we were married five years before we had our first child. Susan got pregnant the next year, and then we had our first child, and then the rest is history. But uh, during that time, I got this book, The Effective Father by Gordon McDonald. And he, listen, and he's got a quote here from a guy named Dr. Albert Seagull from the Stanford Observer, and I never forgot this. Man, this thing grabbed my heart, and I read it over and over. Uh, when it comes to rearing children, well, listen, listen. Every society is only 20 years away from barbarism. Whoa. Uh, 20 years is all we have to accomplish the task of civilizing the infants who are born into our midst each year. These savages. <laughs> <laughs> know nothing of our language, our culture, our religion, our values, our customs of interpersonal relationships. The barbarian must be tamed if civilization is to survive. <laughs> Don't be looking at the child saying, you barbarian, but you know what he's saying here. So again, uh, so let me, let me talk about how you train and discipline children because I, I really want to put some, some teeth into this. Um, again, Children learn what we do. They learn by voice inflection. You know, little babies. I love to hold little babies and because they, they can hear your voice. And when Susan was pregnant with all four of ours, I'd literally put my mouth down to her belly and say, hey, y'all, hey, you. <laughs> we never found out boy or girl. We had a boy and three girls. So, hey, you, you'll be out of here one day. You'll be talking to daddy. This is me. Understand my voice. You're going to hear it clearly all your life. So, uh, you know, so... You know, they, 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 they hear your tone of voice, and they see your facial expressions, and they see your body language. See, see um, the majority of communication that we give to someone else is, is, is not words. It's how we say the words and how we present. That's why text messaging, email is so cold. It's a cold, it's just a cold, sterile environment unless you choose to put color in your words and care in your words, right? I've got some people who think, I ain't texting them today because I can't handle what they're going to say. <laughs> you ever thought? Because it's too terse, right? But again, so I'm just trying to emphasize the point and belabor the point that children watch you. And, and when they're young, they watch you. My little, my little kids, man, when they were young, they're sitting on my lap. I'm talking to them. They hear my voice. I tell them I love them. I hold them. I cuddle them. I play with them, I tickle them, and we laugh, and we just, I love to have a good time. If you know me, I love to have a good time, uh, and I wanted my children to be that way, so be what you want your children to be, right? And so, so this goes to big grandparents, too. Your, your grandkids are watching you, right? Yeah. So, so live what you preach. So again, um, 
Some people have this big old long list of rules. In fact, I'm going to do this now. Uh, I'm going to leave this open up here. This uh, book right here is all a mess. Um, these are my first notes I ever wrote in my life when I came to the Lord. And, um, and I would had it's a retrieval system I have when I read books so I can remember what I read. If all you do is read books and you never write it down or underline it or highlight it or do something with it, you'll forgive everything you ever read. So, so here I found this one. Uh, Suzanne, John and Suzanne Wesley is why they had 17 children. Jesus helped them today. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have birth control either, by the way. Um, so she had, they had 16 uh, rules for training children. And if you want this, come and get your phone. Somebody did it earlier. Get your phone and you take a picture of it. So this is, see, I, I cut it out of something and I put it in my notes. So listen to this. We got to do this quick. We got to move on. Uh, eating between meals not allowed. As children too. As uh, uh, children are to be in bed by 8 p.m. Now, you know, some of these are, are yesteryear. Uh, they are required, three, to take medicine without complaining. Four, subdue self-will in a child. And thus work together with God to save the child's soul. Four, five, teach a child to pray as soon as he can speak. Six, require all to be still during family worship. Seven, give them nothing. This is good. Give them nothing that they cry for and only that for which they ask politely. Is that good? Uh, number eight, to prevent lying. And you got to watch this one because they can sneak you on this one. Uh, to prevent lying, punish no fault which is first confessed and repented of. Number nine, never allow a sinful act to go unpunished. Uh, number 10, never punish your child twice for a single offense. 11, commend and reward good behavior. Number 12, any attempt to please, even if poorly performed, should be commended. Uh, number 12, any, uh, I'm sorry, number 13, preserve property rights, even in the smallest matters. That's real important, boundaries, you know. Uh, number 14, strictly obey Observe all promises. 15, require no daughter to work before she can read well. And women were educated in this day, this 1700. So uh, number 16, teach children to fear the rod. Now there's controversy. That is con what I just said is today's controversy. Because you're taught, don't you, don't you touch that child. Don't you, spank, don't, don't you spank that child, don't you? And some people are abusive, right? But there is a way to do this where you're not a child abuser. So if you have an anger problem, you better deal with yourself. How many hear what I'm saying? And you've got, if you're a real firm, authoritarian type personality, you can hurt your kid with your words more than you can hurt him with, 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 by spanking. How many hear me? So you got to be careful with this stuff. And I mean, if you really are a person and you just, something lights your fuse really quickly, got a short fuse, get somewhere and say, God, I got kids, I got babies, or maybe I got grandchildren. Help, help my fuse not to light. Show me how to do it, right? You good? Uh, so here we are. Uh, I need these passed out right now. So Susan and I come up with three. I used to counsel all day. And uh, so the, the ones that are left over, the ones that are left over put in the back. And I'll tell you what to do. This is, these are rules. I want y'all to see this as I do it. Here you go. Pass. I want everybody to have one. Everybody's got one. So I came up with these. Actually, I got this from uh, Joe McGee. So what you're seeing right now, uh, I actually, we, act, Susan and I actually put these up on our wall. I, I printed them on different colored paper, and we put them in our, um, we put them in our kitchen on the refrigerator, put them in our living room, put them in the hallway, put them in the bathroom. So when my son's peeing, he sees it, 
And when my girls get up after they go to the bathroom, they see it. They get in the shower, they see it. Uh, got them in the bedroom, got them in the upstairs and downstairs living areas. Everywhere they go, they see the rules. We only had three. I can't remember more than three. So we had three. And this is the ones we had. I got this from Joe McGee. I don't mind to tell you, he was my good friend in the early 1980s. I met Joe in December of 1982. And we became good friends. And uh, so anyway... And we talked about this stuff a whole lot. And I did a lot of personal ministry at a large church in Oklahoma I talk about. So, so what this has, if you'll look, uh, these are rules for our home. Um, and just three simple rules. I want to go over them quickly. And maybe if we have some time for questions. Uh, always obey all authority. I'll come back to it. Number two, get along with your brothers and sisters. Number three, tell the truth. Never, ever lie. So at the bottom in very small print, uh, the, the reason we're doing this is Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. And I would read that to my children when they needed to be disciplined for something, for, for rebellion, then I would read that scripture or I got, you know, I quoted it to them or sometimes I'd read and let them read it in the Bible as they got older. And then the, the, the penalty for disobedience, the last two, that's the penalty. So they're always on the wall and they always know. So that means uh, friend, you got a choice to make. Are you going to do that or are you going to get that? You choose. You choose. So it worked out. Uh, it took the pressure off of me. Really, child training and discipline is more difficult for the parents than it is for the child. Because if you're inconsistent, this will not work. If one day you're having a bad day and you let everything go, you just, you just pull the rug out from under your discipline and your kids, Right? It's got to be consistent. That's the most difficult thing for all of us because everybody's got a blase day sometimes, right? And you got to be all the time the same yesterday, today, forever, so to speak. So let's go through this. Let me talk about it. Uh, number one, you know, what did I miss? Have I skipped something? No. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let me see where it is. Yeah, I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, so let's talk about always obey all authority. Uh, discipline is only for rebellion. Discipline is not for childish mistakes. And it's not just because a child's personality raises your ire. Is that right? Because you can have a personality clash where a child likes mommy but don't like daddy. Or vice versa, Right? And you got to be careful with all that. You got to let them be them, and you got to discipline yourself enough uh, to be stable and 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 really sane all the time, right? You know what I'm saying? How many know a kid can make you really mad? Is that true? Uh, I, oh yeah. So so you're only disciplined for rebellion. So number one is always obey all authority. This covers lots of things. Attitude. We were disciplined for, if you got a skanky attitude, we got to talk. We got to talk. Uh, outward behavior, obviously, if they do something, we say, we can't, you can't do that. I'm not, you know, you get it for that. Don't do that. So uh, whining, di whining is rebellion. Huh? It's the same as saying, I don't like you. I ain't going to do what you say. That's whining. So, you want a little cheese of that wine? No. Whining. 
home and elsewhere. Always obey all authority. It's at home. It's mom and dad. It's teachers at school, uh, church teachers, managers of businesses, uh, you know, anybody that has any authority, the guy that wears the badge, whether it's a security patrol or a police officer or whatever, always obey all authority, right? That, and it covers everything. That always obey all authority, that covers everything. You've got to teach children to respect authority, and they don't today. Have you noticed? Wow. Number two, get along with brothers and sisters. Now, let me talk about this one. We have four children. Sibling rivalry is a reality since Adam and Eve, you know, Cain and Abel, right? So no fussing or fighting allowed, period. So here's what I did. So here's what I said to my kids. Say, and, and regardless, of, um, regardless of who started it, if you participated, you get the same blessing. <laughs> Thank you. Right? If you participate, you're just as you're just as guilty as a person that instigated, right? So, so I said, you better come to me. So, so if you got a problem, I'm the coach. I'm the mediator. Come to me. Say, I got a problem. Okay, well then I'll have both of you come and we'll talk. Or sometimes it was all four. Sit your honey right there in that chair. And let's talk. What happened? You know. So you just got to figure it out. Um, and in this uh, getting along with brothers and sisters, um, uh, respect for each other. No name calling. Right? Property rights. That's my ball. That's my car. That's my doll. That's my whatever. Well, you know, respecting property rights is important because if you don't teach kids to respect property rights when they're young, they will be a boundary violator lifelong. I won't even ask you the question of how many people you know that violate boundaries in your life as an adult. Bah. It's because they did when they were young, right? So this stuff's real practical. Uh, the third one is tell the truth. Never, I did it for emphasis. Never, I said it to him that way. Never, ever lie. And I told you Sunday, my dad taught me, my dad taught me, you know, me it's liars go to hell. I said, yeah? I said, yeah, they, they go be with the devil because the devil's the father of lies. And if they're in cahoots with the devil and lie, they're going where he is. You want to go where he is? Uh -uh, uh -uh. And then I would read, actually, I read to them when we set this up, uh, Revelation 21.8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Everybody say, and all liars. There's no white lies and black lies. They just lies, right? A lie is, is, is intentionally departing from truth, right? So... Um, shall have their part in the lake which burns up with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So um, to cure lying, I would say, look, if you really did something and you know you shouldn't have done it, come to me, and I won't spank you. Now, you got to be careful with that one because I say, well, daddy won't be able to smell it if I'm doing this to get out of a spanking. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. So if you think, if you say, well, daddy, I'll tell you what I did. If I, see, I can smell it. If, if you did it and you're trying to get out of it, right, I can tell. And they'll get disciplined for it. But, again, that's what John and Suzanne Wesley did. Uh, to cure lying discipline, no fault that is first of all confessed. So, you, again, you got to be careful with that one because they will definitely try to, uh, to, to uh, violate that. So, um, so here's how you implement this. If you've never disciplined children, your children much at all, uh, you got to be careful with this. Uh, this all works best when you start when a child's very young, right? Uh, but, you know, in the formative years, you know, two, three, four, five, six, whatever, 
Uh, you can implement this, but what you do is if you've never disciplined at all and you've had no rules, you have to sit down and have a family meeting. And this is what we, we, we sit down, you know, with all of our kids. Sometimes a family meeting, come here. I just want to, this has been on the wall for a while, but let's go over this again. These are our rules and this is why. So if you've never done this, say, look, we're doing something new today. Look at this. You're going to see this all over the house. They're going to be in the living room and in the kitchen, on the refrigerator, in the bathroom. When you're going to the bathroom, take a shower. It's going to be in your bedroom. You're going to see this everywhere. So let's talk about what this is. This is how we're going to live life beginning today. And I've asking God to help me. Uh, to be a better parent. So here's what we're going to do. And, you know, so just, you know, succinct to the point, um, let your children know what you haven't been doing if you haven't been. But today's a change day. You can't just change and not inform everybody because they're going to think you're crazy. And then it's just not going to work and you're going to perhaps do more harm than good, right? So cover the rules, post them again throughout the house. Um, uh, and I let them know, you know, beginning today, things are going to be really different. It's going to be really good. You're going to love it. Let me say this about kids. The, the healthiest kids um, who feel good about themselves and feel secure are the kids that have boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, you don't know what to do. And, you just kind of try, and that's why they're testing. They're testing the water everywhere. That's where you get the bully on the playground. That's where you get the aggravating child that's always making the scene. He has no boundaries. So, so this right here, that's boundaries right there. That's good boundaries, I'm telling you. So, um, And then reveal to them the consequences of breaking rules. We've got to talk about this in detail. So let me talk about the rod. I'll read the scripture, make some comments. There are, I think, six scriptures in Proverbs that mention this. So, so let me ask you a question. Who created man? Who sinned? Who created the rules to help sinful people live sanely? Uh, have, has human behavior changed over 6,000 years? Huh? No, it's really the same. She says yes, but I would submit no. Human behavior is still self-centered. Is that correct? So when God put these things in the book we call the Bible, which is inspired writing from, by the Holy Spirit, he did it to help us to help curb the sin nature in a child. All of us have to deal with self. If you don't deal with self-will in a child, that can be one cantankerous piece of, piece of person when they get older, right? So here we are. Here's six. He who, everybody good? You got five minutes. Jesus, help me. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares his rods hates his son. He who loves him disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 19, 18. Chasten your son while there's hope. Do not set your heart on his destruction. That is by not disciplining. Proverbs 20, 30. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. Proverbs 23, 13, 14. Do not withhold correction from a child. If you beat him with a rod, he'll not die. He'll just sound like it. If you beat him with the rod deliver his soul from hell. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and rebuke give wisdom. Child left to himself brings his mother to shame. Proverbs 29, 17, correct your son, he'll give you rest, he'll give delight to your uh, soul. So again, uh, here's, the, here's the thesis behind the rod. Uh, small children do not have the ability to reason well. Now that's where, we, in my view, that's where we're missing it today. The, the underlying undertone is, well, you got to let a child make his own decisions. No, 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 no. They're not smart enough to make their own. Remember what the guy said? They're barbarians for crying out loud. <laughs> They've been on pleasing themselves. They want their cookie and your cookie too tonight, right? So you got to deal with that. So um, again, 
Um, you can't risen with a child, but a child can understand pain. The right kind, not abuse. When God talks about the rod, he's never talking about angry child abuse. Now, the state of North Carolina allows spanking, but you've got to put some confinement on you. And if you don't, you just did wrong. In fact, I think there's some people, they, they don't qualify to do this because they're out of control, right? Now, you know, you know me. Listen, I have a really forward personality. I like what I like, and I dislike what I dislike. And see, I could, I could let that go into my parenting, but I had to really be careful with me. I'm going to tell you how I did it. Um, so, so, so the rod is God's method for smaller children. They understand the ramifications of disobedience by the rod, right? Right? So, uh, time out. Okay, you do all that stuff. You know what it really does? It breeds anger, angst, and rebellion. So I got to qualify all this, you know, you can be, if you're a literalist, black and white, some, sometimes you got to blur the lines in some situations and what, there's a lot to say about all that. Um, um, again, as my, our children age, see the rod and, rod and reproof give wisdom. So a, a small child, he can't, he, can't, he can't reason. So when a child's small, you say, can't do that. No, no. So when they go, you know, one of a child went, no, my brother to my mother went, and then, and then if he didn't like something, he go, and then we should turn around, he'd go, whoa, whoa, you know. So again, uh, small children don't reason, but they do understand pain, right? So, so that's the whole ideology behind the rod. And then as they get older, you got to explain that. Now, what are we doing and why and what's going on? Because the rod and reproof, you want to train the conscience as the conscience begins to develop, right? And, and you do that not just by spanking. If all you do is spank, say, get out of here. You're just doing it all wrong. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to stop my notes here. Just talk to you quickly about how, what, how, we, do, how we did, how I did it. Um, so we had all the rules on the wall. We had a family meeting. The kids know what to expect, what to do. Only three, because I can only remember three. And then when there it got to be written down, what's number two? Okay, got it. See? And then we have the family meeting. And so there's a violation of number one. Always obey all authority. So I say, so-and-so. So you got to have a place in your house that is the discipline room for Susan and me. And it might not be for you, but for us it was our bedroom. You don't go in our bedroom. Don't even touch the knob on the door because it's usually locked if we're in there. So we, said, we do mom and daddy stuff in the bedroom. What is that? You'll know later, but not now. <laughs> so, so when I said, go to my bedroom, they knew, uh-oh, my goose is cooked. I've done something wrong. So they go to the bedroom, and they start crying at me. <laughs> and they go to the bedroom, sit on the bed. And, uh, you know, I hear them in there, oh, Lord, because they know, here we go. And so while they're doing that, I went to the sink. I got me a cup of water, drank me some water, looked at the trees, looked at the, you know, looked outside at the backyard, looked around, looked at another window. Then that meandered, and we had a little kitchen spoon. You know what a kitchen spoon is, right? Yeah. Now, this one was made out of oak. I was going to bring it. I got another one called the rod of God. I wrote the rod of God on it, but I won't show you that. <laughs> so listen, I, I tied a little piece, of, uh, little piece of leather on the end. 
put, put me a little nail in the, in the uh, closet in the kitchen, and that's where I hung it. Why? 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 Uh, but, because I got to go get me some water. I got to look out the window. And then I got to go physically go get it. Uh, discipline is disconnected from, from me. Pain is disconnected from me. In my whole life, I got big old, I got my daddy's hands. I got big old hands. But you know what? My hands are for loving. My little hands are for helping. My hands are for consoling. Right? I lay hands and pray. Right? But not for hurting and not for discipline. So you separate discipline from you by the rod. See, God's smart. He's smarter than me. So I went and got the rod, walked to the room, sat on the edge of the bed, according to their age. Now, now you know, here, here I'm talking here maybe about a mm, five-year-old, six-year-old, four-year-old, five, six, whatever. Okay, do you know why we're here? <laughs> well, you remember when you did so and so? <laughs> well, that's number one, and I pointed to this in my bedroom. Always, Did you obey all authority? Did you obey me? Did you want? Um, so, so let me ask you a question. The Bible tells me that, that you're supposed to ob- always obey all authority. And if you don't, then I'm supposed to do something. Then I would read Ephesians 6. According to their age, smaller children, you can't do this because they don't understand. You just you got to use the rod and move on. And I'll talk about the age for that as well. But Proverbs 29, I'd read that. Proverbs 13. I say, that God tells me to discipline you if you do wrong. Am I supposed to leave you alone or should I discipline you now? Does the Bible tell me, after what I just read to you, do, am I supposed to discipline you or am I supposed to leave you alone? Discipline me. Okay, okay, okay. So here's what we're going to do. Before I ever entered that room, I knew how many licks it was going to be. It's never anywhere but the butt. You know you got this firm piece of flesh on your rear end? You know why God made that hiney back there for you? Not only to sit down, but also for your parents to use. <laughs> that, that rod doesn't go on the legs. It doesn't go on the, on the arms. It doesn't go on anywhere. It goes right there. God made it that way. All right? And uh, so... Um, and so we talk, and I say, here's what we're going to do. Before I ever enter the room, I say, we're going to do this many, this many. We're going to do, I, in my head, I said, we're going to do this many. And I, and I never would violate that. Because if you're really angry, that's, that's abuse. So I went into the room already preconceived knowing that. And you know what else I did if I was really angry? And has anybody in the room ever been angered by a child? I got some honest people in here. Listen, they can raise it, boy. Jesus, I know I got to stop. What? You have? Okay. You want me to quit? Yeah, I got you covered. So, uh, you know, again, you got the amount. And then, uh, and so with smaller children, with smaller children, I don't want to hurt their arms, their hands. So like little kids, you know, when do you start disciplining? When they know the difference between right and wrong and they choose wrong. And that might be different with each child. Generally, the self-will starts really shining strong. 18 months plus. Uh, I remember John, it broke my heart. Um, first time my son, my first child, did, oh, we had to discipline him. Everybody okay? Um, anyway, we were in my first house I bought, uh, the fireplace. I said, do not touch the fireplace. It will hurt you. Do not go near these stones, this big old stone fire. Don't go near it. And he went over and looked at me. He looked at that fireplace. I said, don't you touch it. He went, I said, don't do it. And he touched it. 
So I had to do something. And um, yeah, if you've never, if you've, and, and a video was playing in my head and I saw what my mom and dad did for me and I knew what to do. You may not have that video and this may be a challenge. You hear what I'm saying? So it broke my, in fact, I went in a room to start with and just wept, say, God, I don't want to do this. Jesus, I love this little baby right here. And I, I don't want to discipline it, but I got to, I got to do it, got to do it. And he helped me do it. So again, for a smaller child, I did the little scissor thing. I put their little honey right here. If you got a diaper on, pull that thing down. You got two legs, squeeze them right there. Put your arms right here. That way their arms can't go past your arm, right? Pop, pop. And now here's the problem. If it doesn't hurt, it ain't going to work. Susan's mama uh, had a flask water that she had sewed cotton onto with some embroidery, and it was thick. And she put it on the wall, and it was called... Uh, Grandma's paddle. If you're using grandma's paddle, this ain't going to work. You hear me? It's got to count, y'all. So, again, as they age, you do it different ways. But anyway, you just got to, again, discipline yourself, discipline the child. So when my children, I, I tell them what they did. You know, as they get older, you go into more detail. And as they even got older, I say, you know, one day I won't be in your life. One day you're going to have a mortgage. You're going to have, have a house to buy. You're going to have a car to take care of. You're going to have responsibilities, have a family of your own. If you do then what you did to now to me, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to have a job, not going to be able to pay your bills, you're going to be living on the street. Do you want to live on the street? Well, we got to do this. I mean, I'm really being nice to you to help you with your future. So we'd spank and, and then, and then they're, <laughs> they're crying, you know, real demonstrative. I say, I'll be right back. So I'll go to the kitchen, get me a drink of water, come back and say, okay, you've been, they've been crying for a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Okay, that's enough. No more crying. That's <laughs> right up. You know, that's the way it is. And, uh, and, uh, and I said, now we're going to pray. Now, this is important. We're going to pray. Give me hands. And boy, they're like, hmm. Hmm. I said, no, we got to pray. See, the rod and reproof give wisdom, right? So he said, give me hands. And I grabbed their hands, and they're trying to pull it away. I said, now, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God. You're going to repeat the prayer after me, and, and we're going to pray. And I said, now, pray it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I sinned. Here's what I did. And we told the Lord, I mentioned 1 John 1, 9, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. You teach children that when they're young, right? And so we grabbed hands and we prayed. And I had them pray, Father, I confess I did so and so. I was wrong. I sinned against you and I sinned against my mommy and my daddy. And I ask you to forgive me. And they're repeating this out loud, you know. And Father, help me not to do this again. Thank you for forgiving me because I ask you to. Help me not to do this again because I know if I do, I'm going to be right back here again. Help me, Lord. And then we go, and I say, come here, I got to kiss you. And they, mm, mm, you know, pulling away. So I just grab and put, kiss them on the cheek, you know, and say, well, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, this right here never happened. Do you know when you sin and confess your sin to God, you never did wrong? Is that right? So don't be berating your child with what they used to do, what they did. Act like God does. And so, you know, they do it again. We don't bring up the pastor. We say, what did you do? And we go through it again. So, again, I've got to close. But, and if you've got questions, come and talk to me. But, um, uh, you know, when, when, child, when you first start this, you may, may think you have to discipline a lot. But, you know, if, if you just do it for the first while, period of time, very usually a brief period of time, children learn quickly, 
right? Then, then you'll find you'll not need to do that. I mean, I first started this. Yeah, we had to do some discipline with the rod, but it got to where they knew what was coming because I'm not going to change. I'm the same like Jesus, same yesterday, today, forever. And, uh, and they got it real fast. They didn't want the pain, so they conformed. And then as they age, if you don't give the, the reason behind it, it doesn't work. So if uh, children are older and they're 9, 10, 11, blah, blah, whatever, um, and they've never been disciplined this way, uh, 12, 13, 14, uh, you know, remember the prodigal son, and there are things that you can do, privileges you can take away. Uh, you can't do this. You can't have this free time. You, you, you determine what it is. You can't have your bicycle for X period of time. But make sure that the punishment, it equals, not punish, the discipline equals the thing. Don't say, you're not going to have it for three months. You can't even keep that. It might be two days, a week, or whatever, but don't do it for long periods of time because you, you know, you, 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 you know, knocking the props off from under. Does that make sense? <laughs>